You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. This is Rick Schissler, your host of the Weekly Business Hour, Silver Fox Advisor and the founder of One Best Consult. Welcome to our show today. I think we've got some great information for you, and I hope during the course of the show, if you have a question uh, or you have an observation, please send us an email. Just send it directly to Rick, R-I-C-K, at IRLoneStar.com. And I want to mention that our show today is sponsored by the folks at OneBestConsult.com. That's the number one bestconsult.com. One of the reasons I started that uh, website is to build a community of business people where we could come and share information. Uh, I was a serial entrepreneur, had multiple businesses in my career. I learned a lot. I learned what to do, what not to do, and we like to share that information for folks. So we say, come get some common sense business advice for your business. Go to onebestconsult.com. That's the number, onebestconsult.com. And join our business community there. There's no cost to it. I'm also available as a mentor if you want to engage me uh, and be a one-on-one session. You can do that as well there. And you can also, in the future, listen to the Weekly Business Hour, our replays on our podcast at the same website. That's one, the number one, bestconsult.com. Also want to remind you right up front that the show is broadcast live on Facebook. And I encourage you, if you can access Facebook, join us now. And you can watch the, sh- the Weekly Business Hour live on Facebook. Just go to the Weekly Business Hour page, click on it, and you'll see where you can connect with us live on Facebook. So I encourage you at this point, just sit back, relax, grab your pad and pencil, and get ready to take notes as we talk about everything business right here on the Weekly Business Hour. And we're starting a new soup to nuts conversation uh, this week. And if you don't know what our soup to nuts conversations are, they're a series of conversations about particular topics. Uh, we bring in some of the experts from this area and beyond to talk about in a series of two, three, or four uh, appearances on the show to talk about what their expertise and kind of give you a beginning to end, thus the soup to nuts beginning to end on their expertise so you can get a complete basic education about that subject matter. And of course, they're available if you want to follow up and have particular questions. So today, soup to nuts. I'm proud to have with me Alan Stroud, an attorney with the law offices of James R. Beck. Alan's board certified attorney in estate planning, probate law, and a lot, lot more. Alan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Appreciate you having me. Well, Alan's been on the show before in a little short snippets of 10, 12 minutes giving expert advice, Uh, but we're doing the soup to nuts thing. He's going to be with us over a series of three weeks, and this is the first show, and we're going to be talking about estate planning primarily and other types of planning from the estate planning point of view and how it impacts business owners. You know, one of the things that business owners typically don't do is plan. And that's something that I talk about. It's kind of my holy grail of working with people to give them a chance to back up, think about things, and put a plan together, even a simple one-page plan, as I like to say, for business planning. But estate planning, Alan, that's, that's a broad topic, yet it is so, so important. 
yet so many people don't do it. That, that's very true. And a lot of people ask me, what is estate planning? Or, or they come into the conversation with a misunderstanding of what we do. A lot of people think it's the financial side and, and building their retirement plan and that type of thing. But that's really not what we're talking about. We're talking about the legal side of estate planning, and that's setting up a plan for what's going to happen when you become disabled or incapacitated or when you die. What happens to your business? What happens to your assets? Who takes care of you if you're incapacitated? And who takes care of your family if you happen to pass on? So that's what we really focus on. A big niche practice of our legal practice is the estate planning. And a lot of our clients are business owners. So we often view things through what does a business owner need to do to prepare for their estate plan? You know, it's funny, you, you, you sort of did that in a nutshell, uh, explained that, I believe, very well. You know, one of the things I try to do with clients, in fact, one of the first things is develop an exit strategy. And really, this is part of the exit strategy. It's typically the unplanned part, uh, even though we all ultimately will pass away. But a lot of times when people are in the midst of building a business and they're the owners and they have a family and they don't think about things like you mentioned, incapacity or even sudden, suddenly passing away and what happens to the business, what happens to the family uh, when this happens is unexpected exit strategy. It's so true. Business owners are good at doing what they do in their business, but they're often not that good at looking to the future and saying, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to retire? Am I... Do I have an exit strategy? Am I going to work in this business until I die? And if I do, well, what's going to happen to it after I die? One of the things that when people start to put a plan together, particularly with estate planning, obviously, uh, and, and is that it really begins with your will. Uh, and again, we've, you and I have discussed before, the statistics are out there, and people are encouraged all the time. So many don't even have a will. That is true. Uh, business owners and non-business owners. But I assume state, estate planning really starts with the will. It really does. And, and I always tell folks there's really two ways to pass your assets in Texas if you're planning it. One is, is with a will. And in Texas, that's probably the most common. Now, other states, there's a big need for, for example, California. There's a need to avoid probate. So a lot of people, instead of the will being the main vehicle, they'll do a revocable living trust. Certainly folks have those in Texas, but they're not as common here because Texas has a very progressive probate statute and avoiding probate in Texas isn't really that necessary because it's just not that expensive to go through probate in Texas. And just back up just a second for those listeners that might not, not understand what probate is. Let's define that for them. Great question. Probate is the process, the legal process of getting one's will reviewed by the court, approved by the court, and the court blessing who you've named as your executor in the will, granting them the power to move forward and do the things the will tells them to do. So it's a legal process. In fact, it's a lawsuit. You, you basically file a lawsuit. Hopefully there's nobody on the other side contesting it. So it's a one-sided lawsuit in most cases that's very easy, very friendly. If you elect independent probate, you have one hearing with the judge, and the judge tells the executor, go do the things the will says, and you don't even need to come back and bother the court again. So it's a very, very nice process. So the, the point, I guess, to, to in most cases is people don't need to be concerned 
or uh, I don't know, afraid of the probate process if they do their will properly. That's exactly right. Uh, probate is designed to be very friendly and very easy. And if they've done their will right, if typically if they've gone to an attorney and gotten it done, I will tell you there's a lot of those programs out there and do it yourself, find a will on the website and do it yourself. We have a lot of tr more trouble with those probates. They're more costly because they haven't done it right. Maybe they didn't sign the will right. Maybe they didn't fill it out right. Maybe they didn't elect independent probate. That's something that we have in Texas that you don't necessarily have in other states. So if your will was done by a online New York lawyer, he didn't know to ask for independent probate process in Texas. So that's why you hit the nail on the head. If you do the will right, it's very easy to probate. You know, one of the things you just touched on, and a lot of folks uh, lose sight of this, but uh, especially in today's world where everything's in a hurry and we try to shortcut processes, one of the things that you really can't shortcut when you do a will is how it's signed. That's exactly right. Uh, and people right. need to understand that, that engaging an attorney to guide you through the process is very important, but this, even down to how you sign it, witnesses and everything, because if it's not done properly, potentially the court can reject it. So true. I, I earlier this year had a lady come in and I was working with her on her will and her significant other didn't want to see a lawyer, but he had done his own will and she asked if I could take a look at it. So I took a quick look at it and there's a, there's a place on the will for you to sign and there's a place for two witnesses and a notary. And there's a certain ceremony that needs to happen as everybody signs that. Well, he didn't even have, he only had one witness sign and no notary. So as I was looking at the will, I quickly said, look, this isn't a will. I appreciate the fact that he's, he's, he set out his intention and he signed it, but with only one witness, that's not a will in Texas, and it's like not having one at all. So you get caught, and he tried to save a little bit of money, and even if something as simple as the execution of the document, he was caught in basically everything that he wanted to do with his assets when he passed away just basically evaporated. That's exactly right. Yeah, sad place to be. Let's kind of, just for a moment, dig into some of the decisions you have to make when you do a will. Yeah. When you're looking at a will, the first discussion I have with folks is, do we need a will or do we need a trust? And there's various triggers that can cause why might I need a revocable living trust. I thought we might get into that in one of our future discussions. But let's say that we have a will or a trust. First thing to do is to make sure it's up to date. Did you do it 20 years ago? Have things changed? Has your, is your executor still the right person that you named 20 years ago? Are, are the, the division of the assets, maybe to your spouse, maybe to your kids, maybe you've been divorced and remarried, does the old will still do with your assets what you want to happen? You know, that's one of the things, too, is, is, we, is I work with clients particularly, and in my own case, when you build a business, it grows, or you hope it does, and it becomes something, and many times, you know, five years later, just in that kind of time frame, it's something totally different. Uh, you might be in different businesses, you're delivering services different, especially in today's world where things are changing, and the fact that you you really need to think about your will because your assets really change if your business grows. That is so true, and we see that often. The, the next point I was going to make was, how do you divide your assets? That's often a big topic, and you hit the nail on the head with that discussion. 
a lot of times business owners may have one or more of their kids working in the business, but frequently they also have children that don't work in the business. So a lot of times in dividing the business, we're trying to figure out who gets what. Is it fair that the kids that don't work in the business get an equal share that the kids that do and basically have a veto in voting power or a voting block that they can hamper the kids who are going to be doing the work? And so that's a thing to look at, and, and we typically tell folks every three to five years, let's dust off the will and take a look at it and see if it still makes sense. Because you're right, if the business has grown and maybe you've given the business to the kids that are working in the business and other assets, financial assets, to the kids that aren't in the business. Well, what if the business now has doubled in size or tripled in size? Is that really fair that you've split your assets between your kids, giving some a lot larger number than others? So when we look at that, that's one of those things we talk about is how do we be fair and what is the mix of assets and, and is, is there an ability to be fair? A lot of times business owners, they sink everything into their business and there's not a lot of other assets. And so how do you divide that protecting those that are going to continue the business versus those that really have nothing to do with the business? Yeah, these are great questions. And I think, you know, it, it kind of goes into what I do with clients in developing an exit strategy. The one we develop uh, when we first start the business, say, or early on in the first five to 10 years, and we plan to be there 20, 25, 30 years, whatever, uh, it changes uh, because the market changes. As I mentioned, business changes and the players change. Kids come and go. Um, so that's another good reason that as it changes, right, you've got to revisit that will and make sure your intentions are still doable under the way you've written that will. That's exactly right. Because the biggest problem is if you don't keep up with the will, at the end of the day, you might have the business going to the wrong people. And, and that could destroy the business. Well, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, we're to the end of our first segment already. And we're going to take a break now. And when we come back, we're going to continue this soup to nuts conversation, talk about a little bit more about the will, uh, talk about the tax implications that we have to kind of over, I guess, kind of the overcoat, if you will, over the will. Uh, so please stay with us and we'll continue this discussion about estate planning for business owners. Be right back. Want to check out the fastest growing sport in the world? It's right here in Conroe, Texas, and it's Roller Derby. Conroe Roller Derby is a nonprofit recreational league of women and men who want you to come and check out the fast paced, hard hitting game of roller derby. The Conroe Cutthroats practice at Rainbow Roller Rink on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. You can find our game schedule and more information on our website, www.conroerollerderby.com. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in Western Swing, Honky Tonk, Zydeco, Texas Blues, Outlaw Country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Thank you. 
Welcome back. This is Rick Schisler, the host of the Weekly Business Hour, and we're having a soup to nuts conversation currently with Alan Stroud, who's an estate planning attorney with the law office of Randy Beck. Well, Alan, when we went to the break, we were talking about the importance of updating a will as situation changes. And you and I had a little off-air conversation. You know, folks oftentimes look at when their personal situation changes, meaning family matures, things happen, but they don't really key into the fact that if their business is changing uh, in a way that really they need to relook at that will. That's exactly right. And that's true for the will itself or, or if you have a trust, the trust itself. You gotta always think, who is my executor? Who is my trustee? Because that person is gonna have ultimate control at least for a period of time, the period of administration of the estate, they're going to have control of the business. They're going to be able to vote the stock. They're going to be able to do things that a majority shareholder would be able to do. And so you want to make sure that it's someone you trust to do the right things for business, but also someone who has the know-how, or at least you trust them to go find someone that has the know-how to help them get through that period of time. Because a transition is one of the hardest things on a business to get through when when the main source of the business or, or the, the main voice of the business is either incapacitated or has died, now that company has to find a new leader. And that's usually one of the biggest struggles with the business owner either passing or becoming incapacitated because now you've got to find someone else who's going who's gonna to take over that mantle. Well, and you make a great point because when folks agree to be an, a trustee or an executor, it's under a certain scenario. Right. And as time changes, their situation changes. So when you have, like you, that set of facts where your you know, situation is going to change, I guess my point is you need to have a conversation, if it's your will, with the folks that you asked five years ago, 25 years ago, to be your executor that, or that's your trustee. You need to exactly say, do you right. still feel comfortable because I'm making these changes in serving in that capacity. That's exactly right. And a lot of folks, they tend to do their first will when they have first have kids. And so a lot of folks will name their parents. And if they don't ever update that will, there's going to come a day where mom or dad is the executor, who's a generation older, is probably not going to be the ideal person to serve in that role, especially as you age and, and they're hitting that retirement age and beyond. So that's why you want to look at it all the time and make sure you've got the right people in the right positions. Yeah, it's a constant updating process. Not write it once, put it in an envelope and file it away and, and hope it never has to be used because reality, one day it will be used. That is so true. And so many people do that. Yeah, and, and to me, the fact that, and, and I'll just make a sidebar comment, but it's you're putting down your intentions, either you and your spouse, however, but it's your intentions of what you want to do, nobody else but you, and to give that away or throw that away because you don't maintain it, you don't keep it up, uh, it would hurt. That's if, right. If I, if I either was incapacitated and I knew what was happening or if I'm gone on to the, the hereafter and it just doesn't happen and it's all my fault. That's Just exactly no doubt right. about it. Let's kind of move on a little bit. One sure. other thing that you had mentioned about issues in doing will, and of course, that is the having a plan within your will, thinking about the equitable and tax efficient distribution of the assets. We know the tax laws change, so we can't tell people what to do with those because they change 
Well, depending on what elections happen, it's that's been threatened. That's exactly right. So uh, let me ask you, what, what can we do, generally speaking, or what should we be looking at for doing a will to maintain the tax efficiency and, and the equitable distribution? I think that's another one of those issues that every three to five years you talk to your attorney about, hey, have there been any tax changes that are going to affect my plan? For example, we had the Bush tax cuts from 2001 to 2010, and they ratcheted up the exemption amount. Now, the estate tax exemption amount is the amount that anyone can pass and not pay estate tax. So way back in the early 2001 when Bush first did this, the exemption amount was a million dollars. So any person or a couple each had a million, so a couple could pass two million. Anybody could pass a million dollars tax-free. Over the Bush Tax Act, that ratcheted up to three and a half million. And in the final year, 2010, the estate tax went away. We even had George Steinbrenner. Uh, I think there were four billionaires that died that year that there was no estate tax. One of them was even here in Houston. Um, but then 2011 came, and rather than keeping the estate tax gone, they brought it back, but they increased the exemption to $5 million, and they indexed it to inflation. So that's where we were from 2011 until 2017. It was $5 million with an index of inflation, so every year it bumped up a little bit. And so we would tell folks, as we met with them, if your estate is approaching that $5 million number, we're going to have a different type of will that's going to take advantage of making sure that we can use both spouses' exemption and pass up to $10 million estate tax-free. Because if you didn't do the right things, you could lose one spouse's exemption and only have the one $5 million. And if you had an estate of $6 million, all of a sudden, if you didn't plan right, you would owe 40% estate tax on that $1 million extra. So you're writing a pretty big check to the IRS needlessly. Well, the Trump Tax Act that was effective for this year increased that number even more. We went from $5 million basically to 11 million, almost 11.2. So we've really got a large exemption. We really cut out a lot of folks that are going to have estate tax problems. So a married couple basically can pass 22.4, 22,400,000 to their family without estate tax. So less than 1% of all estates now are subject to estate tax because our exemption has gone so high. But that said, the Trump Tax Act is scheduled to, to sunset at the end of 2025. So in 2026, we're going to go back down to the $5 million exemption with um, a cost of living increase every year. So what that means is, is our clients who are nearing that taxable number need to be contacting us at least in 2025 to find out. What's going to happen? Do I need to do something different? Do I need to do some more planning to avoid estate tax? What do I need to do if that number comes back down from $11 million? So it's a moving target, always a moving target. And how you pass those assets, trust and things, a lot of complicated things can be done for those with larger estates. That's to, correct. To uh, avoid certain taxation and so on and so forth and do it in a legal manner. Let's kind of switch gears with a little bit of time we have left and, and talk about power of attorney. I mean, that is an important document. It's used in many different ways. 
but when it comes to the estate planning, how important is the power of attorney? I jokingly talk to clients and tell them, you know, the will is very important. It deals with all your assets. But let's face it, when the will happens, you're dead. The powers of attorney are the documents that take care of you while you're still alive and can't take care of yourself. Some people would find that a whole lot more important to them. They want to make sure they're taken care of. And so in Texas, there's several documents that should be part of your package if, if you've got an, a good estate plan. And the first one is a financial power of attorney. In Texas, we call that the statutory durable power of attorney. And that deals with your finances. And so you're going to name someone in that document who's going to be responsible for your financial assets in the event you can no longer take care of them. Which if you've got Alzheimer's, it might be that you're in an assisted living or a, a mental care facility for a number of years. You might be four, five, eight years totally incapacitated, but someone has to file your tax returns, pay your bills, deal with your investments, and if you owned a business, deal with your business. So who you name as your financial power of attorney agent is very important because number one, you got to trust them. Number two, they've got to have some financial savvy or at least be willing to go higher financial savvy. And number three, if you own a business, they've got the ability, again, to vote your stock, which means ultimately they could run your business. So you want to make sure you've named someone that you trust to do that. You know, that's an interesting thing because when you go down the list, you just win of, of the responsibilities potentially that the power of attorney, uh, the agent would have. It sounds like it's almost a full-time job. I mean, they're stepping into your shoes uh, from on the business side. It certainly uh, could be. And this takes a lot of thought. It really does. You know, for some folks who might have a, you know, an IRA or a 401k, they own their own house, they've got maybe some savings. Really, the, the power of attorney agent's going to be paying some bills and meeting with the investment advisor once a quarter, things like that. So it's not too bad. But you're exactly right. When there's a business involved, if there wasn't an ex exit strategy, now they, they have the ability to develop that as well. So maybe if you didn't get around to it, somebody else is going to be doing that for you. They may be trying to sell the business. They may be trying to uh, hand over the reins maybe to key employees or maybe to your children if they're involved in the business. So this person's going to have some pretty important powers. And you're right, it is going to be a big job and, and certainly more than just talking to somebody once a quarter. It might be the equivalent of a full-time job. And you know the indirect impact, if you will, of that choice and that decision on your family. Uh, I assume oftentimes that this person is your spouse. That's true. But Mo still an impact. I mean, if they're not working in the business, Absolutely. then we got to think through that very carefully, which gets back to maybe doing a little bit better planning on the exit strategy. Say, if I'm incapacitated, I would like this to happen. Right? That's exactly I mean, right. And, and, and not just thinking about it. I think you've, hit, you've really addressed the issue. You've got to have a written plan. And it needs to be filed with your permanent corporate records. It needs to be, people need to know that there's a plan. They need to know where it is. They, you need to address it in a way that maybe it's not irrevocable, but we've got to put it in a place to where it's going to be effective. We don't want a plan that can be easily thrown out by the wrong person who's in charge. 
Well, you know, Alan, you've given us a lot of great information today, a lot of basis for making decisions. Hopefully folks have been encouraged that if, one, they don't have a will, they begin the process because it's a, I mean, why build a business up and develop an asset and then at the end of, of the, it, it just goes away. And, and more importantly to me, what I would want to happen has no chance of happening if I don't have any kind of will or trust or anything set up. And then secondly, the fact that we can do it a lot more efficiently to save taxes, hopefully save uh, the, the grind, if you will, or the, putting all this responsibility on our spouse and, and that our family is taken care of. If folks are interested in, in following up today's conversation, which we'll have two more, but would like to talk to you, what's the best way for them to contact you? They can either give us a call at 281-440-4777 and schedule an appointment, or they can shoot me an email, and I'll give the easy email, info, I-N-F-O, at J-R-Beck, B-E-C-K, law.com. Well, again, Alan, thanks so much. We look forward to you joining us next week. We'll continue the conversation talking about medical powers of attorneys and some other business documents. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our uh, bottom of the hour break, and when we come back, we're going to have a couple things I think you'll enjoy. First of all, I'll do a brief recap of our conversation this morning with Alan, and then I'll give you my did you know uh, suggestion about, hey, we have 7 million jobs open in this country. What does that mean to your business? And then finally, we'll end up the show with one best consult tip of the week. At a loss for words in your business, that's not a good place to be. So please stay with us, and we'll be right back with you. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, Check out the Ticket Stub podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out ourlonestar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your questions get seen on tv youtube and heard on our podcast fm and internet radio support your local radio station with lone star community radio what is homelessness have you seen parents struggle to find a job without having transportation or child care what about the children sleeping in cars with nothing to eat families shouldn't have to struggle to survive and children should not be homeless Family Promise of Montgomery County serves the needs of homeless families and their children. Learn about ways you can help and learn about partnership opportunities at www.familypromiseofmc.org or call our day center at 936-441-8778. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app for your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That is Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1.
An estimated 1 in 10 births will result in a neonatal intensive care stay, also known as the NICU. Overnight, a family can find themselves and their newborn baby in a critical situation. The Mila Foundation financially and spiritually assists families in need. If you would like to volunteer or become a monthly sponsor, please visit us at www.themilafoundation.org. Again, that's www.themilafoundation.org because every life matters. Hey, Montgomery County and online listeners. Thank you so very much for checking out Jazzy Vibes with Soul. What? You haven't done so yet? Well, you've got to tune in. Hi, I am the host of Jazzy Vibes with Soul, Miss Cece Holmes, and I invite you to check us out every Friday and Saturday from 7 until 9 p.m., where you will get the best in old-school R&B and, of course, a little smooth jazz to make it jazzy. So tune in. That's right, tune in. Every Friday and Saturday right here on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM or worldwide at IRLongStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 936- Six four seven three seven seven six. Are you interested in learning more about preparing quick, healthy, and safe meals for your family? Would you like to spend time with others learning tips and tricks, along with practicing and tasting nutritious food? If so, the On the Road to Healthy Living Mobile Cooking School is for you. Call Amy Ressler at Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service at 936 936- to find a class near you or volunteer to host a class. You are listening to the Weekly Business Hour and this is Rick Schisler, your host. I'm a Silver Fox advisor and the founder of One Best Consult. And thank you again for joining us. Uh, By the way, I failed to mention earlier, but if you'd like to sponsor the Weekly Business Hour, particularly if you're a local business here in Montgomery County, then please reach out to me. We'd love to have some new sponsors. It's a great place to sponsor your business. We have lots and lots of business listeners throughout the Montgomery County area and down into Harris County as well as around the world. So please contact me if you'd like to sponsor our program. It's very easy. Just send me an email at Rick at IRLoneStar.com. That's Rick at IRLoneStar.com. And I'll get you some information. We can talk to you about being a sponsor. Well, let's do a quick recap of the show. You know, I really appreciated Alan coming in. He's one of the most knowledgeable uh, attorneys in general that I know, and he's very, very knowledgeable uh, on estate planning and all the ins and outs. And it can be a very complex area but also an area and an encouragement, as you've heard me probably repeat too much in the segment, but an area that so many business people miss, uh, uh, the idea of putting a will together. I mean, the statistics are crazy. Over half the people uh, in the country don't do any kind of will. And when you own a business, it's even that more important because if you really are going to build a business and you know what it's like, the sweat equity, uh, the risk, all the things you do to build a business, and then you don't take care of business, 
no pun intended, by putting a will there to make sure of what happens to the business when you either pass on unexpectedly or go to the end of your life and still own the business. Uh, to me, that's a shame. And it's very important to, if you will, dot the I, cross the T on your business and your family and make sure things are carried out as you want them to be carried out. So I thought it was fairly easy. I mean, we all, or at least I have, uh, have seen this happen too many times. Uh, I'm a business advisor, business mentor uh, through OneBestConsult.com, and I get called by people, contacted by people that didn't take care of the will, typically by a widow, a spouse, and uh, or occasionally a, a woman-owned business, and something happens, suddenly she passes away, and the spouse doesn't really know what to do with the business. They don't work in the business necessarily, um, but the will wasn't there and you talk about a mess because all of a sudden strangers are involved in making decisions strangers being court court appointing executors uh depending on what state you live in i mean there's all kinds of rules they're different everywhere but the idea that you've had a chance to put the plan together in the form of a will and you didn't do it but i have received those calls i've dealt with people tried to help them not so much through the legal process but the process of how to retain the business how to put the business in a shape uh, to, so it can be sold uh, for more money than it could if it wasn't properly prepared. And, you know, to maximize the return on your business typically takes three to five years of preparation. Uh, and that's not an exaggeration. I mean, if you've got a business with five, ten or more employees and it's a growing business and so on and so forth, uh, don't shortchange that. It's not something you can wake up tomorrow and say, well, I'm going to sell next month. You can do it. You can sell it anytime you want. But the question is, how much are you going to get? What kind of return are you going to get on that investment that you've made in that business? So my encouragement, again, from personal experience in working with people who did not take the time to do any kind of real estate planning or who failed to keep their estate plan up, and that's another type of client I hear from. Most recently, uh, the owner died. He left instructions and left a will, but it had been put together 20-plus years ago. And the business had changed. And the employees that were there 20, 25 years ago had either aged, aged out of the business, had gone on, retired, and the ones that were left were uh, aged. And his instructions were for certain people, loyal, several loyal employees, to sell the business. But at that point, the asset was not worth as much as it should have been. And this is that idea that you need to revisit this issue from time to time. I recommend every three to five years, just take a look at it. Spend an hour and the money with an attorney, your estate attorney. Go through it. Make sure your circumstances, both personally and professionally, are the same. And then you can go from there. So, again, estate planning is part of business planning. I encourage you, if you have not done it or you haven't looked at it lately, do so. We're going to take a short break and we come back. I'm going to offer you my perspective on did you know there are 7 million job openings in this country and it is really putting a squeeze on a lot of business to find the new employees they need to grow their business. So stay with us and we'll be right back with you. Statistics show that one out of every six Texans struggles with food insecurity and hunger. And many people don't eat enough fruits and vegetables every day. The Better Living for Texans program is here to help you learn how to make healthy menu choices, save money at the grocery store, 
prepare quick and delicious meals, get more good nutrition in your day, and get more physical activity. Classes are fun, friendly, interactive, and free, and taught in English and Spanish. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio. Broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, check out the Ticket Stub podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. This is Rick Schistler, your host of the Weekly Business Hour, and thank you for continuing to listen to the program. I have a little short piece here about did you know, did you know, and I'm reporting from the Labor Department, that the U.S. has more than 7 million job openings, uh, the most uh, on record since 2000. And what that means is, and, and hold on to your hat if you didn't know this, the available jobs outnumbers jobless workers who are actually seeking work by almost 100,000. That's the most ever. So we've got 7 million openings, and we have less than 7 million people looking for work with any kind of qualifications. So this is not a match-it deal, and you and I both know that it's hard to find people oftentimes that match our job description and the kind of person we need. So this is a very, very difficult time, in my opinion. Uh, Someone who was in business and hired people at all levels no skill, entry level, minimum wage, all the way up to very skilled uh, folks who could do programming. Uh, very difficult time to be in business. And there's several things I think you need to do. Is One is you need to make this part of your business a little more of a priority. Make the priority of finding people perhaps the most important priority you have right now. And I realize that revenue and expenses and operations, there are a lot of things that you can have uh, that are priorities, but I encourage you to make the hiring process. I secondly encourage you to look for other avenues to find prospects. If you're not online with some of the job sites, then go online. Uh, there's a number of them out there. A number, number of them work with small business. I most recently used a site with a client. It was very flexible. Uh, it produced a number of results, and this was a skilled position. Um, so there's lots of, of ways to do this. If you'd like some particular recommendations from my experience in working with clients, then just drop me an email. Uh, very simple. Just send it to me, rick at irlonestar.com, and I'll respond to you and give you recommendations based on what's worked for me most recently for my clients in working through trying to find people. And I think the third thing it is, it's very important that you revisit your job descriptions and things and look at what you're trying to hire. And is there a way in your business to restructure 
some job functions and whatnot that would change that description in a way that perhaps would make it uh, applicable to a much larger labor pool of people. This is very important at skill positions. Everybody needs basic skills. I realize that. If you've got a programmer, they have to know certain languages. But sometimes the way we do certain jobs can be adjusted. Certain parts of it could be put on someone else and so on and so forth. The key is trying to broaden the availability, the labor pool that you would be going into to find that particular person. So again, I encourage you, up the ante, make it a priority to find people because otherwise it's going to be impossible, if not impractical, to find people in this hot, hot, hot job market. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our final break of the day. And I want to remind you that if you missed part of the show or you want to re-listen, we post a podcast uh, on Wednesday of the week. You can find it at our website. That's one, the number one bestconsult.com. You can find it here at the radio station, Lone Star Community Radio, on the Weekly Business Hour page, as well as Facebook, YouTube, the Weekly Business Hour pages and channels, all over the social media. So our podcast is out there on this show as well as past shows. So please take our podcast, take a look, pass it on to other people. We're going to take this break, and when we come back, I'm going to offer you my one best consult uh, tip of the week. At a loss for words in your business, not a good place to be. So please stay with us. We'll be right back. to the Plate is a research-based education program that helps consumers understand how their food choices impact their health by making the connection to agriculture, learning about how food is grown and produced, and how consumers can make better food choices for themselves and their families. Path to the Plate is all about dispelling myths and misconceptions. Find out more online at pathtotheplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Hey, Montgomery County and online listeners. Thank you so very much for checking out Jazzy Vibes with Soul. What? You haven't done so yet? Well, you've got to tune in. Hi, I am the host of Jazzy Vibes with Soul, Miss C.C. Holmes, and I invite you to check us out every Friday and Saturday from 7 until 9 p.m., where you will get the best in old-school R&B, and of course, a little smooth jazz to make it jazzy. So tune in. That's right, tune in. Every Friday and Saturday right here on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM or worldwide at IRLongStar.com. You're listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and this is Rick Schistler, your host, we're at the final segment of today, and that's where we do our One Best Consult Tip of the Week. And this week, I want to take a few minutes and talk to you about the idea that when you don't have the right words to say in your business, it's just not a good place to be. And, and you say, okay, that's sort of out there. What are you, what are you talking about? Well, uh, a week or two ago, I wrote a blog 
and I've gotten a lot of response to it, and it's been kind of interesting to me, is when you're at a loss for words, and let me give you a scenario. Uh, a customer calls in, and they've got a complaint or a concern about a product they've bought from you or a service that you recently performed, and they are asking, what are you going to do about it? They're, you know, all this kind of, it's customer service, right? And if you don't have the right words to say to them, or more particularly, not you as an owner, because uh, I'm going to assume most owners know how to handle customer service issues like that when someone calls in with a complaint or a concern, but you assign that responsibility to someone else, and it may be a multiple of people. But the idea is that these people know, need to be educated, trained, and very much they need to buy into what your process is. It's very important that they're comfortable, and as somebody told me, confident in what the process is, confident that the process will work and will respond to the caller. And this is what I'm talking about, a loss of words, not the actual words themselves, though sometimes a script is helpful, particularly when training somebody, but you'd be amazed how many businesses just absolutely bungle a customer service call like that. Because I look at every contact with a potential or existing customer to be an opportunity. And this is kind of an attitude thing with me, that I have an opportunity to touch that customer, to interact with them, build some business with them, build a relationship with them, sound familiar? And more importantly, that they will tell other people eventually about their experience in dealing with us. They will share. Uh, because like in my business as a mentor or a business advisor, the idea of referrals, referrals is one of the most important sources of new business I have. And that's true in a lot of businesses. So it's very important that you know what words to use when people contact your business. And there's another area that I believe a lot of businesses, more than with customer service, really fail to pay attention to, and that's internally with your employees. And it could be with your vendors. You don't know what words to use, for an example. You don't have a process in place when someone even asks for time off or asks for vacation time. And they go to their supervisor and say, well, I'd like to take a vacation at end of next month and this date and this and the supervisor or manager looks at him and says, well let me check on that and then sort of drops the issue in the box the out box and it sort of floats around meantime this employee sitting uh, there or working and thinking well do they really care about me are they going to respond to me um, you know I've asked two months in advance uh, there's just a lack of communication and which shows just one thing to me a lack of caring so I think you need to have a process in place for response on your human relations, uh, human resource issues internally within your company. Have the right words to say. Have the right process in place. The right attitude to respond to your employees. Same thing with vendors. Uh, you know, you've got to build that relationship with vendors. If you've not been there before, I know I've been there a number of times where I really needed a vendor to respond and to help me, either with specifications or with a quick delivery or I was sending something back that was misordered and when I had a good relationship it just happened and I didn't need to worry about it and again the process of when vendors contact you you lay it out this is how we want to be communicated with you don't need to come by every Friday and show us what you've got this is when I would like to meet with you tackle it that way 
You choose the words. You choose the time and the place when you want to communicate with that vendor. So my encouragement is three things quickly. Prepare before it happens. Take a little bit of time. Make sure your customer service process, your internal processes with your employees, and even your communication with vendors, which is very simple. It doesn't take much time to put that one together. Put these things to, in, together and make sure the key people that are involved in these processes and need to have the right words to say, understand, and are confident with those words. And the idea is that when you do all this, think about it. You've put a certain number of issues to the side. Customer service is the one I lead with because that's where we, oh, this customer calls, they do this and that. Employees don't like to deal with it. They don't want to hear about it. Ends up being talked about over the coffee machine or at lunch. Negative, negative, negative. But when you take the time to put the process, to put the words together, train the people, and build that level of confidence in them, then these kind of, they just become day-to-day -day things. And you can spend the time and effort your company can on building new business. Well, that's my one best consult thought of the week, if you will, or tip of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, I again want to thank you for taking time to join us this week. And remember, we're on soup to nuts, estate planning at all, as I call it. So join us next week. Alan Stroud will be back with us to go to the next step in the estate plan and building your business documents so that things happen like you want them to happen, not what strangers and some state law wants to happen. And also remember, again, a podcast will be available on Wednesday. So check it out at YouTube, the Weekly Business Hour, Facebook, etc. And again, thank you for joining us. Remember to stay in touch with what's happening in Montgomery County right here on Lone Star Community Radio. And until next week, stay engaged and keep a focus on what counts in your business. Thanks. Thank you.